And welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Ads and Dunks podcast, exclusively brought to you, as always, by the Oz American Aces. It's Josh, one of your hosts here, or Dunks, I should say. I actually think about that all the time. It should be Dunks that I refer to myself as because that's the heading. But uh, joined, obviously, online by the great man, Adzi Trelaw. How are you, mate? Going well, Dunks, as I should say, but I, um, <laughs> I, I commonly call you Josh all the time. Well, Joshy, I never really yeah, I call you Dunks because when I'm around um, when I'm around you and Kaiser's there and Lazi's there, you're all Dunks. So I've got to call you by your first name. So, um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, for the show, you probably should be calling yourself Dunks. But no, I'm going good, mate. The girls uh, picked the girls up today. Um, they're down. Uh, Kim's done uh, most of her netball commitments. So uh, they've come down and um, I know Georgie popped on for a bit and, and said good day to you both, which is uh, which is nice. So it's cool to cool to have cool to have them down. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Tip has actually come up here. So uh both live in pretty uh happy lifestyles, mate. It's good. It's nice to have the the girls home and um spend some time with them after being away for so long. And uh yeah, it's nice just to to get that sort of sense of reality again, I guess. Yeah, I did see that. I seen on uh on my cameras that I got set up in Queensland. Um, I seen uh, Tipsy and Lazi popped around, and for what it's worth, the reason why I have cameras is because I had my house broken into last year. It's not because of any <laughs> other reason. In case you people are wondering, why the heck do you have cameras? But um, yeah, I, uh, it's pretty cool. It's nice that um, now the girls can spend some time with us, and I could only imagine that Tipsy will spend most of her time up there with you and um, get settled into the nice uh, Queensland lifestyle for a bit with the nice warm weather. Weather, and one of the first things Kim said when she came down here was, "Yep." I'm cold. This sucks. Absolutely sucks. And, uh, <laughs> it is. It's absolutely freezing. The mornings now are ridiculous. And I, I made sure I told Kim and uh, buy a couple of jackets or bring a couple of jackets down. And, and we got Georgie some new jackets because, yeah, the weather is absolutely freezing. Yeah, I did. Uh, I actually checked it today because I was sitting there watching a bit of um, the end of training with Danny Daly, our footy manager. And we were talking about Melbourne and <laughs> how cold it is. So I, I checked the weather and it was something like, 11 or 10 degrees or something. So uh, don't miss that, mate. That's for sure. Have you uh, have you got up to anything exciting throughout the week? Tip and I, it's actually funny because normally on a Sunday, like I'd, I'd sort of just, you know, chill out after a game. But um, now that Tip's up here, we, we went to some markets, like the mm. local Milton markets and the Barton markets. So it was uh, something different for me, but we did that, which was cool. And um, yeah, eventually out. It was a beautiful Sunday morning, mate. So got outside, took Archie along and looked around the Ooh. markets, which were pretty different. Did you get any like – usually at markets they do, you know, I love my, my food and so do you, but they love – they usually do donuts, like homemade market donuts from markets. Surely they did like a nice hot jam donut or something. There was plenty around, but you know me, mate. Looking after the, the skinnies, I can't, uh, can't do that stuff. But no, <laughs> we, we didn't – we actually didn't – we were going to go get food, but – the lines were too big, so we we're just like, nah, we'll just leave it. We actually ended up going to a cafe around the corner, got something to eat, and then uh, we bought a couple of things. Oh, we bought a, a big candle, you know, those big um, mm-hmm. round sort of three burner candles, and then mm-hmm. um, she brought some some like eucalyptus leaves to you know for the house for some decorations, mate. I'm not across all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that Kim Kim seems to do that quite a bit when she comes down here and looks at, rolls her eyes at things that I've set up because you know boys will be boys, girls are obviously are different to most boys. So I feel you there. You know, last week we spoke about uh, the quarterback documentary. Have you had a chance to watch it? No, I haven't. I I flicked it. I was looking at Netflix and I was having a look, and then, mate, I've had no time. 
it's been a bit of a busy week for me because Tipper came back on, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday last week. So I only really had Wednesday, but Wednesday was a, a big day for some reason. I ended up doing a bit, bit of extra recovery for the calf and, um, yeah, I wanted to get out there on the weekend, mate. So I, I did a bit extra there and missed out on the doco, but I'll be sure to watch it soon. I'll let, uh, yeah, I'll let you know when please, I do. Please, please, please watch it. I know we'll probably talk further about disappointments and letting each other down because I know I let uh, the family down this week, but I asked you, did, you to watch quarterback last week and you didn't. So hopefully you can watch it because I just want to, I genuinely want to see what you think of it. And I want you to watch that playbook episode the where they talk about their playbook and. Oh, uh, yep. not 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 the app. Talking not the sports app that you're thinking, but the, the there's an episode where they focus on the playbook, and I want you to put yourself in that shoes and imagine how stressful that would be. That's the whole reason why I want you to watch it. But um, one other thing I wanted to bring up as well before we move into footy, and I can only imagine what you're going to bring up first and foremost. But um, <laughs> we're going to travel. We're going to hopefully travel together at the end of the year. Yeah, we are. Well, I'm trying to sort it out, and you're giving me nothing, mate. So. <laughs> You might uh, you might miss the boat. I'm, I've got a pretty busy schedule in the off season. <laughs> True. Well, hopefully I could fit into that schedule. But um, I was just thinking. I wanted to ask you a question. What do you reckon? You and I traveling, getting away together, maybe for two weeks or so. What's something that we would love about traveling together, and what's something that we would hate about traveling together? Presuming we're we're staying in the same like. Room, so we got double room, or maybe. I know one thing that would, we'd struggle with is probably just your lack of organisation, and just you wouldn't want to do anything. And I'd be real keen to get out and about. That's probably something that we'd struggle with. My struggle with would be waking you up at three o'clock on the Monday morning to watch fantasy football with me because because uh, <laughs> every well and truly NFL season, <laughs> and you're probably not the only bloke that would struggle with that. But uh, that was my struggle. What's your love? I just love to spend time with you because we've obviously missed so much time that, you know, we'd normally spend together. So it'd be me great too, to man. spend some time together. Yeah, me too. I thought that was a nice little question that I could uh, lead us into the into the podcast. No, nah, that's good. Oh, well, speaking of um, letting us down, mate, you certainly did that on the weekend <laughs> after kicking a goal, you boys. And you know what? It was a perfect scenario because you boys yeah, were up was. and about. These were dominating. You kicked a goal and you've just gone the old textbook, adds to law, come on, and then didn't even put up the A sign. The amount of people I had messaged me was out of control, mate, so you've really let us down. Can you please talk us through the situation? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm really disappointed in myself. I might just hang my head in shame right now. But um, look, the only thing I can rest on and feel okay about is you let us down the first week, so I'm not the only one. Thank God for that. If I yep. did it twice... If I do it again, because I've promised if I kick a goal this week or whenever, I'll do it, um, then it's a bigger disappointment. But I am sorry for all our fans out there, for everyone who listens to the potty, and we have a lot because I had a lot of messages of disappointment as well. I had some people in the crowd actually say to me when we were walking around, why didn't you do the A sign? So um, reason why I didn't do it, oh, I just feel like I worked extremely hard to get to the goal to get to the position to kick a goal, I kicked the goal and my first thought was just to celebrate my own, I don't know, hard work and I just forgot to do the celebration. Oh, mate. Didn't so you, you're telling me, you're telling me you mind. genuinely, it didn't cross your mind at all. No. What about when you were like walking back to the center bounce? Were you like, oh, no, 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 no. The first time it crossed my mind is 
because even then I didn't because I was gassed from from uh, from the actual effort. Um, when it crossed my mind, I kid you not, was when I was sitting on the bench. I had one more rotation in the last quarter, and I was sitting there, and I was just thinking about afterwards, and you know, getting some nice messages from Kim and some friends about winning. And I thought, oh no, shit, I forgot to do it. <laughs> oh no, I've forgotten to do it. Oh, and then I was sitting there, just like no. And then yeah, and then yeah, I just was embracing. Whatever it was, what people were going to say after the game, and I was fully anticipating you, Brado, and Tommy to get stuck right into me as soon as I checked my phone on the WhatsApp, and bang, it's the first thing I went to. Didn't even go to my messages, went straight to the WhatsApp and seen you guys, uh, yeah, obviously disappointed. Rightfully so, rightfully so. I've let the fans down, so I'm really sorry, and I promise that if I kick a goal this week, I'll do it. All right. Well, mark the words there. We're, we're going to be sitting by the screens watching you on the weekend, so if you do kick one. Uh, we'll be expecting it. But moving on to the game, it was a huge win for you boys. So, you know, early on probably looked a bit um, not in your favour in that first quarter especially, but then you guys turned it around and it was really won at the contest, wasn't it? It was a pretty brutal battle in there and you ended up coming out on top quite convincingly. Yeah, no, I agree. Obviously, Essendon play a brand where they clearly try and keep the ball off you and um, – you know, kind of go around you and maintain possession and, and try and build, I guess, speed of ball movement off um, maintaining the ball. And it's worked effect- effectively well for him throughout the year and um, we just felt like if we're able to, I guess, limit that and, and force them to dumb kick it or force them to overuse the ball or whatever it may be, um, will give us a good opportunity to win the ball back in good spots. And I felt like in that first quarter – we kind of didn't do that. We were we were letting ourselves down a little bit by allowing them to kick and move the ball the way they wanted to. So, you know, we addressed it a quarter time. And, yeah, I think from then on we, we, it was, yeah, very pleasing in the way we defended. Um, you mentioned obviously contest the ball and clearance and tackle. But um, reality is for us in that regard, we've won the last, I think, three games in that aspect. And we didn't obviously beat Sydney and we didn't beat um, Collingwood. So, it's kind of been an outlier for us that those stats in particular. Um, you know, we go in fully expecting to win the contested side, but we've just got to make sure we get the other side right. And yeah, I definitely felt like after quarter time we did this week. Um, you know, it was pleasing that we we're able to keep a pretty high scoring team to I think we kept them to forty seven, maybe, if I'm correct, maybe fifty. Um, so pleased with that. Um, I definitely feel like our our forwards are probably playing their best footy they've played. Um you know, continuously over the last three weeks, particularly well, which is good. Very pleased with that. Naughty's, um, you know, playing really well. Jamara is clearly showing how capable he is at this level and and how how good he's going to be for us. Um, so yeah, it was a very pleasing win. Um, we take no games lightly, and you know, we definitely, you know, like as I said, wouldn't have took it less than lightly, barring the last game against Geelong. They've been one of the informed teams of competition. So yeah, very very pleased we got the. Got the job done, um, you know, off the back of, of some hard work and, and a really, um, you know, good solid week of preparation on the track. And, you know, you would be some that would def- uh, someone that would admit this as well, but, you know, going into a game takes a week's worth, worth of preparation, reviewing, preview- previewing, um, you know, putting into practice how you want to play during the main session. And, um, you know, we really focused in on that this week and I think led us into the game really well. So that'll be the goal, you know, this week against the Giants and going forward after that. But, yeah, very pleased with the win. Yeah, it was good. And you touched on a few individuals there. One that I do want to talk about, obviously, uh, led 
by Bont again, played a ripping game. Uh, everyone talks about him, and I feel like one guy goes completely under the radar all the time. You've talked about him before, but Tom Libertore, oh. mate, he was huge alongside yourself and others <laughs> running through that midfield. I thought without you guys in there doing all the hard yards, like you probably don't win those that, that contested ball battle, and then the Bombers can potentially get on top. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to give you as a shout-out because you do a lot of hard yards that um, probably isn't recognised as much as what – People see because they hear a lot about you know about Bont all the time, but I think you you get that appreciation from from everyone else out there, mate. No, thanks, mate. I appreciate that because you are right. Bont obviously gets um, you know recognised quite a bit, and rightfully so. He's obviously you know Pendles mm. and him are the two best players I've played with, and he's having an incredible season. I actually think back. I actually think he's he's pegging the uh, leaderboard in terms of the Brownlow back. I reckon he's closing the gap a little bit. Um, which would be nice come come Brownlow night for for Bonte, not that not that it's about Brownlows, but um, yeah, I think Libba, you know, and I've only played with him for three years now, and I've obviously played against him. The three years I've been involved here, he's severely underrated, and I just don't get yeah. it because you know he doesn't do the fancy stuff and get outside ball, and he just does all the hard stuff. You know, he gets contest the ball. When a lot of players, you know, I'd almost say 95% of players wouldn't be able to get in terms of going into a pack of three or two and getting the ball out to someone. A lot of the times people go in and try and retain it or, you know, don't want to cough the ball up. But he just has that capability to get the ball out to one of his runners and or one of his teammates, whoever it may be. And it's just something that I've noticed and um, I'm so grateful to play with because, you know, when I'm in that position being the receiver from Libba, I know. You know, there's guys where you can go to like a contest situation and straight away in your mind being the receiver, you're like, oh, no, this would, be, this would just be another ball up, get ready for a stoppage. With Libba, it's like, oh, I'm every chance to get the ball here because he's just going to somehow find me. And that's just how good he is. And um, he's having an incredible year. I genuinely believe he should be in the All-Australian contention. Um, you know, there's so many good midfielders to pick from. At the very least, he should be consideration for the bench. Um, you know, there's a lot of players to choose from, but he's just been incredibly good for us. And another one you mentioned, oh, you didn't mention, but I know you're presuming with the midfield is, I think Bailey Smith played, yeah. you know, arguably his most influential game that I've definitely seen. He's had games where he's obviously had a lot of the footy and um, really hurt you with ball in hand, but his work rate away from the footy and his tackle intent and his uh, efficiency with his tackling was unbelievable. And when he plays like that, we're going to be a hard midfield to get on top of because of just him and and he's want to want to tackle and you know get the ball back. So felt like it was one of his best games and I was so so happy for him to play the way that he did because um, he's obviously been a little bit crook and um, there's been a bit of talk around him. So just super pumped for him and he plays his hundredth game this week. So um, it's come oh, on nice. quickly for him, but it'll be a nice little milestone for him. Yeah, that's good. Very yeah, uh, very good for Baz and congratulations to him on a hundred games this week. That's going to be a good one to watch again. Yourself, mate. I. Uh, Watch this one closely. I did. Uh, I did absolutely stuff all over the weekend. Um, I sat on the couch and watched pretty much every game of footy. Um, I was uh, a bit sore, so I was icing every part of my body. And I watched your game closely. Um, again, maybe I'm. I don't know if I'm being biased, but I definitely think you're the most influential player on the ground, best player on the ground, especially in that last quarter when it mattered the most. I know you're going to be uh, very humble about your response, but how did you feel? Firstly, being back, had the car feel, uh, must be pleased that you're able to win and then obviously beat a side like Geelong who have been 
probably the most spoken about team in the last three to four weeks. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it was a we probably expected, as I sort of touched on last week before coming into it, that Geelong were in really good form and the way that we needed to attack the game was like every other game, but bring our best. I think that's the most important thing because if we if we can do that, I'm sure a lot of teams would say the same thing, but if you can do that, bring your best footy, then it makes it hard for the opposition. But I was just really pleased with our defense, mate. Our team defense stood up all night. You know, we were really connected and kept them to a pretty low score. I think they're number one in the comp for first quarters, like the score that they can put on the scoreboard. So that was a big focus of ours going in just to make sure we, you know, kept them to a pretty low score. If we were with them at at quarter time, then we'd be pretty happy with that. And we ended up being, you know, a couple of goals in front. So it was nice to be in that position early. Um, But it came from our work at the contest, like, you know, similar to your game where you turned it around after quarter time, but I felt like we started really well. So it was a it was a nice position to be in leading into the halftime break. And then, um, yeah, the game played out the way that it did. Third quarter was another, another positive one for us. Probably the last quarter was the only one where we kicked the first goal and then sort of uh, they, you know, had nothing to lose. So it started taking the game on a little bit more and uh, caught us off guard a little bit. I feel like, though, our mistakes sort of fed their offense a little bit. So. Um, still a few positive things to take out of that. You know, it's all in our hands and if we don't make those mistakes, then we give them less opportunities. But mm. I felt like we learned a lot from the week before against the Ds, even though I wasn't out there, but just speaking to the boys and all the communication out on the field was all around, you know, things we'd spoken about after, you know, experiencing what the boys did the week before against Melbourne. So it was a positive and really good win for us. Um yeah, it was just nice to be back out there, mate. The car felt good, so it was a it was a bit of a weird one though. Like I got through the game. I started off a little bit like you know, like we've sort of talked about. You were a bit nervous about the yeah, hesitant and a bit nervous about what you do and whether you should sprint here or go there or whatever you're doing. And then as the game sort of went on, I started to um, you know loosen up a little bit in my mind and just let my body do my thing and or do its thing. And um, yeah, towards the end, felt really good. So. Uh, positive signs pulled up a little bit sore, but I think that's normal. I was gonna, I was going to ring you today and ask you what what, what you meant to feel post game, but um, yeah, we'll work through the week and and be right for this coming Saturday. Yeah, well, so what is that? And, and yeah, firstly, I obviously agree with everything you say. It looked like um, one of those games where you defended really well and had to defend right to the very last siren because obviously the quality Geelong are they were right in it to the very end. So um, another great win by you boys. What does the week now, for you individually with your body, um, you know, do you now focus on staying on top of this calf or does it now become an afterthought because, you know, I've played a game. I know you just touched on being sore, but, you know, I've played a game. Clearly, I'm capable to get through a game. I don't really have to worry about your calf. I mean, or now is it, oh, okay, I got through this game, but I've got to stay on top of my calf because, you know, I don't want it to feel shitty the next week or the following week. Do you mm. – focusing on a rehab plan or yeah what's the just for people who are obviously interested in that side of things because you obviously had missed two games um what, yep. what's the what's the focus now for your um for your body going forward yeah it's a good question i i'm probably in still a little bit of a rehab phase because my calf isn't generally fully healed technically so um you know normal calves can take four to six weeks to to heal after a strain so um mm. my one's a bit it's still the tear would still be there. It'd still be sort of trying to make its way back together. So I've got to really look after it early in the week, especially after a game, you know, a big game like we had on Saturday afternoon. So uh, my week's really been 
more recovery based early on and you know leading up until our Thursday main session I probably won't do a hell of a lot I'll probably do a lot of off legs so I've done a lot of like I've done some swimming I've done some pool mobility I've done you know a bit of bike tick over I've still done all my weights and stuff and strengthening around the calf but the running side of things probably just stops for a few days just to let it really settle down and and get back to you know how you felt pre-game last week so um that leads you into Thursday and then pretty much from Thursday to Saturday is a very similar similar thing week in, week out. But I feel like my early stages of each week now for a few weeks will probably be a little bit different just to manage the calf and make sure that it's, you know, feeling good and not going to re-injure itself, I guess. No, it's a good little insight. I think, um, yeah, I think people, a lot of people take a, uh, especially young aspiring athletes take a lot out of that, knowing that, you know, for us professional athletes, as soon as we overcome an injury and play, it doesn't mean – you know, that's it. We don't have to worry about that. It's an ongoing battle. And for you, you know, probably for the rest of the season, you're you're going to have to manage mm. the calf and and hopefully get through fine. Um, one more. There was a question I wanted to ask last week and I made sure I saved it because I thought it was a good question and I should have asked last week because obviously you didn't play the two weeks prior. Um, but this was the question anyway. It's from Lockie Boatwrights. And the question was, do you struggle with motivation at all? Do I struggle with motivation? I feel like most of the time I just, if I do, I think about, you know, how when I actually, I got taught this as a, as a, I don't know, I was probably two or three years into my AFL career and I was struggling a little bit mentally with, you know, just motivation and, and getting in to the club day in, day out and just, you know, wasn't enjoying myself as much as what I should have been. And um, I got told one day to, to think about what I was like as a kid, like be the 10-year-old or 12-year-old Josh yeah. that loved footy, you know, ruthlessly and just wanted to have a footy in his hands all the time and just really enjoy himself. And every moment that you had, you were doing something to do with footy. And every so now when I'm – if I ever, you know, if my mind ever goes back to that, I just think about that, you know, what's 12-year-old Josh doing in this situation? Like I think he's probably loving life and, and enjoying it and – motivating himself to to get up and improve every day so that's something little that I always think about but yeah I was taught that a couple of years into my career and now that I, I still use it to this day so um, I'm not sure if you're any different mate but is there anything that you you probably have something different no no I, I'm obviously the same clearly the same um, you know never take for granted what I'm able to do and my job I mean I was thinking yesterday when um, you know so we have some days we have big weeks or big days during the week where we squeeze both uppers and legs in the same day and, you know, some clubs do it, some clubs don't, but it's two separate weight sessions. And I remember I was thinking, oh, I cannot be stuffed on this leg weights because we obviously train in between. And then I thought one of my thoughts was, oh, because we're getting our renovations done obviously next door and you can hear the music blaring and boys working and whatever, I'm thinking oh, I'd much rather be doing leg weights than standing up there trying to build something because firstly, yeah. I wouldn't be able to build anything, but I could never imagine trying to do that. So, um, you know, I thought it was a I thought it was a good question that I forgot to ask last week and plus um, you obviously injured me the past two weeks. I, I guess an extension of that question, um, what about your motivations throughout your career? And I would say – uh, you're probably in the middle of your career now. Well, not probably, definitely. There's definitely your prime years. Um, yeah. You've obviously been around since 2016. So that's this your eighth season? Ninth season? Eighth. 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 I feel like your motivations clearly change. I mean, you always want to win, 
and you always want to be a part of a successful team. But when you're yeah. 18, 19, you know, the motivation is probably to establish yourself and become a mm. um, bona fide player before anything. Is that, you know, do you find yourself now motivated by different goals or, you know, I, I know the answer, but for our, obviously for our fans again and our young listeners who love, uh, who are intrigued about it, um, yeah, it, has it changed throughout your career? Yeah, that's that's a good question too. I feel like, you know, early days, you sort of touched on it a little bit, but the way that you come into an AFL system, you, you said it, you want to prove yourself. So your mind is probably, your motivation is more, I want to make the team, I want to, you know, play play some good footy in the VFL first and then get picked and then actually play some AFL games. But then once you start playing consistent footy, it then becomes, well, now I want to continue to play well consistently at AFL level. And then the next step is like, right, I, I want to be one of the best players in the competition. And then it's like, mm. then you start thinking about, you know, once you're established and you, you get in a game each week, then it's more about, right, what can I do now for the team and how can I help others? Like, I feel like that's like a general transition from yep. when you come in the door to to what you get to now. And now in the middle of my career or hopefully in the middle of my career, as you said, um, I feel like now it's more about everyone else and the team. So my focus is completely on that, not really, you know, myself. Like I obviously want to get better and that's that's my that's my main goal is to continue to get better. But I feel like the consistent footy that you play out on the field now helps your team. So you want to play the best consistent footy you can. So that's what you do individually. But you want to go and help young players like Jasper Fletcher, Will Ashcroft, these types mm-hmm. of guys that come into the system and are at that early phase of, I just want to get a game. Do you know what I mean? So yep. Yep. Um, that's that's probably the way that I would talk about it. It's a uh, nice little insight. And, and I, and I um, totally agree with you. You go through those phases and, you know, when you get, a, when you get to – well, when I say my age, I'm not old, but in terms of footy old, I'm old because it's my 12th season. Um, you know, I couldn't agree more, mate. It's about what you can do for the young guys who want to mm. establish themselves and then how can you help your team have success. So I think it's a great uh, great answer and hopefully some kids get some good insight into that. You, you mentioned uh, Will Ashcroft. Um, as soon as I seen him go down, my, my heart sank for him. Um, He's had an incredible first season. I, I know how highly you guys rate him and I know how highly you rate him. He's going to be an absolute superstar. Uh, how's he going? I obviously know that uh, he's obviously out for the season. Unfortunately, he's ACL, so um, prayers up for him. But um, obviously, you being his teammate, um, yeah, how's he going? How have the boys got around him? Yeah, it's a tough one because, you know, Ashy's obviously one of the – he's probably the most professional young player I've ever seen come into the game and the way that he – approaches it all and you know i've said it a number of times on the podcast just his professionalism is incredible and he just wants to get the most out of himself so to see him go down with the knees devastating not only to to him but us because you know we're going to miss him out there on field first and foremost and even around the club while he's doing his um rehab stuff like we'll we'll definitely miss him so um yeah hopefully he's okay i think he's back in melbourne already he's getting um, surgery done either later this week or early next. Uh, so he's just around his family and stuff at the moment. But had a brief chat to him post game, and then have, you know just text message and didn't expect a reply. I just made sure that I just let him know that um, I was you know there for him if he ever needed to chat. So it's a it is a very tough situation. I'm, I haven't I don't I haven't experienced it, so I don't know what what it's like. But can imagine 
uh, all the thoughts and feelings and emotions going through his head. So don't want to pester him too much. Just want him to mm. be with his family and um, I'm sure they'll be looking after him and getting around him as well. So we're all here for him as a, as a footy club and as players and, and people. So, um, yeah, just want to support him across the journey because it's going to be a uh, – going to be a ride for him but i'm sure if anyone can can do it he can because he's one of the yeah like i said most professional blokes i've ever seen couldn't agree more wish him all the very best uh it's obviously when uh when someone goes out of his quality it's always going to be hard to replace um the mm. beauty is you guys have a very very strong list your vfl side i think is top four they're flying at the moment who do you think you know who who are some names that might come in and replace ashy and, and play essentially play his role yeah, there's a few boys, as you touched on. Like we had, well, there's been a lot of guys that have played some really consistent footy in the VFL this year. And I think no, there's no better example than Cal Archie on the weekend. Like he's been playing yeah, yep. VFL for, for quite some time. And he got an opportunity, got concussed a couple of weeks ago, then missed some footy and came back in. But the confidence that he's got from playing some VFL footy to then come out on the weekend and probably be our best player, to be honest, was, was incredible. And, um, it just goes to show that you know when you do get your confidence up at the at the VFL level, then you can come in and, and play some really good footy for us and or for teams. So um, highly encourage those young players out there to to continue to get to work. Yes, it might be disappointing you're not playing AFL, but when you get there, you want to stay in the system, you want to stay in the game and and stay in the team. So that's what our boys are done. But some names are Dev Robinson, obviously been playing some footy for a while. Reese Matheson's back from injury. JL's yes, yes. been, you know, played a couple of um, games for us while, you know, last week and the week before. And um, a couple of other young mids, Harry Sharp's been going really well on a wing. Um, Jackson Pryor. There's a lot. There's a lot of guys that have pl- played some really consistent footy in the VFL. So uh, the coaches are probably going to have a bit of a um, tough decision on their hands, what they do with it. Zach Bailey's out for another week, so he probably won't come back in this week. But, yeah, we'll just look forward to... Whoever comes in, we know that they're going to play their role for the team. So that's the main thing. Yes. I, uh, it's the beauty of when you've got a really healthy and, and good list. Um, yeah, you've got some uh, options to come in. So it's uh, uh, exciting for you. Let's uh, move forward to the the week ahead. Um, I actually have no idea who you're playing this week. Excuse my, uh, my <laughs> ignorance, mate. I, sh- I should know this. Who are you playing and when are you playing? We've got the Suns on Saturday afternoon again. So yes. you play that 4.30 time slot. So it's another Q clash for us and similar to last time. Uh, they'd probably be a little bit disappointed with how they went against the Giants, who I know you guys are playing this week. But um, So, yeah, they'll come out red hot. They've played some really good games at home this year and some close had some close wins over good teams in, you know, yourselves up in Darwin. Um, Adelaide, I think, the week after up in Darwin. So they've beaten some, some quality teams. So we're going to have to beat our very best again. Um, look forward to getting down there because – haven't played at the Gold Coast Stadium. I think it's called Heritage Bank Stadium now yes. for a little bit, for a couple of years. Um, so, yeah, that was where I played my first game back and then got I copped two weeks quarantine, mate. So I went home and uh, had to isolate That's for right. two weeks. So not, not really good memories from that ground, to be honest. <laughs> I do remember that. I, I wasn't playing that game. But um, do you stay – so do you go down? So obviously down. Do you stay the night before in the Goldie or do you just drive up? Or drive down, I should say. Nah, so we normally – well, the boys have in the past bust together. But I think you can – if you want to individually go down there and stay, uh, you can. Yep. So 
Um, still weighing up my decision whether I go down there the night before or drive down with the boys on the bus on Saturday. I'm sure you do the most professional thing. But um, <laughs> obviously a bit on the game, you, there's a bit of a – definitely a bit of a – well, I would say a bit of a rivalry. It's definitely a rivalry in terms of um, bragging rights and obviously I know the Gold Coast would, would always want to beat Brisbane and vice versa. Uh, yeah, what, what are you expecting from the game? Um, they've obviously got a really strong midfield group, uh, great contested mm. ball side. I think they're one of the best in the competition with Hawthorne maybe. Um, and they've yep. got some class and talent across the, the the field. You've obviously touched on teams that they've beaten. Um, I've got no doubt they're going to try and want to get up uh, for this week because, against obviously playing their big brothers, as you want to call it, and um, that that final spot, while those spots in the eight are so damn close, uh, you must yep. be anticipating a, a really um, well, tough game and a, and a real ferocious game from the Gold Coast. Yeah, for sure. I think we talked about it last time leading into the game. The last Q clash we had was the contested ball battle and they're, I think, number one centre bounce team or number two centre bounce team. So that's really important for us. Uh, We're going to have to, yeah, just expect their best, mate, because the way that, you know, when they play their best footy, they're they're a really good side. And as I said, they've Mm -hmm. beaten some quality opposition uh, this year and um, at home especially, I feel like they, they get up for those games and can really turn it into a, a bit of a, um, a dogfight at times too. So uh, we're going to have to be, yeah, at our very best and look forward to that challenge because that's what you want this time of year, you know, coming into final series. Um, you want to play some quality opposition. You want to play some good footy and that's what the Suns will bring against us on, on Saturday afternoon. So looking forward to that. Yes, yeah, so I'm keen to watch it. Hopefully you can walk away with the, um, is it the Marcus Ashcroft medal, I believe? Yes, it is, yeah. Q clash. So hopefully you can walk away. It'd be your second medal in the Brisbane Colours behind the Mitch Robinson medal that was handed out at <laughs> game. Oh, so that'd we'll be nice to be paying attention to that. See how we go, mate. But uh, on to your game. Big game. It's actually a huge. It's probably one of the best games of the round, this one. this Like the Giants are probably, arguably, the most informed team in the competition right now and making a big push for the, the final eight. Um, how do you see this one playing out? It's up in Ballarat, isn't it? Yeah, no. Firstly, I agree with you. I, uh, they're flying at the moment, um, playing a great brand, and and they've played in all kinds of weather too, which is the most impressive. They've played in wet weather and played in obviously dry, and um, so they've been able to adjust their game style a little bit and and win in in tough conditions. Um, and it is in Ballarat. It's our uh, last game in Ballarat. Um, love getting uh, to Ballarat and freezing my absolute ass off there, which is nice. But um, <laughs> we we get a great turnout at, at Mars Stadium. There's always Great love and great support for us. So um, I am excited to play in front of our fans up there. Um, yeah, it's going to be enormous for us. We're, we obviously know that, um, you know, there's talk about rivalries with Gold Coast and, and Brisbane. There's definitely always a build-up between the Giants and the Bulldogs. It was obviously prior to when I was obviously at the Bulldogs and when I was at the Giants. It was in between the years when I was at the Pies. So, um, expecting that to be uh, very heated from the get-go. Um you know, both teams are fighting for top eight finish. Uh, I think we're both on the same points. They've won six in a row. Um, you know, it's going to be – I feel like it's going to be a cracker. Uh, they've got a great uh, midfield group, but I think their defenders are probably mm. the informed six in the competition at the moment. And, you know, that's yep. with due respect to a lot of teams who are flying and um, a lot of back sixes who are flying. But the Giants, obviously, Sam Taylor's playing some great footy, probably – 
again, all Australian contention. Um, Jack Buckley's a very good player, um, someone who was very underrated, who I now thinks rated quite a bit because he's been playing extremely well. Um, they got some great users off halfback like Lockie Whitfield, Lockie Ash, guys that, um, yeah, that can really hurt you. So yeah, we, we've just got to be up for it, and you know, it's going to be one that uh, is going to be one around the footy, but teams that can can uh, use the ball better going inside. 50. So looking forward to the game. Yeah. And last time it was a pretty close, it was a close one towards the end. And then you guys kicked away, didn't you? Yeah, you're right. I did my hammy in the third and they piled on eight goals. So maybe it was because, uh, nah, it definitely wasn't the case. Definitely wasn't the case. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, no, they, you know, we kind of took the foot off the pedal, but they played a lot better than what we did and actually got within seven points. I think we're up by 40. Yeah. And they got within seven. As I said, it's going to be a ripper, mate. I think it's going to be hopefully one of the best games of the round, but hopefully, uh, one that we win. Yeah, now looking forward to – hopefully I get to see the start of that. I reckon I will, maybe the, just the start of it. So we'll see how you go early on, mate. Look forward to it. Hopefully. Um, I wanted to ask you, what do you reckon about five weeks to go? We'll probably keep addressing it throughout the last few rounds, but who makes your top eight five weeks out? Because let's be honest. Let's be honest. The top four, we're not going to worry about the top four because they're probably All right, the next, going the next four. to make it. The, the next four, hopefully we can uh, put some pressure on, you know, fighting for that third and fourth spot. Yep. But if you're going to predict some teams to make it, who, who are your teams? All right. So Geelong would be one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you boys would be another. And I think, I think the last two spots will be uh, the Giants. And I think um, – I actually think Carlton are going to make the finals mm. with the footy that they're playing at the moment. They are playing some great footy. It's actually they're playing an exciting brand. As a as a fan, you'd love to go watch watch Carlton game. Man, I, I found myself watching their game. I picked another ten. I found myself watching and like, oh, this is actually really exciting. I, and I'm really looking forward to their game this week. They're playing the Pies this week. Is it rivalry round or something? Carlton Collingwood on Friday night. Yep. Bulldogs yep. Giants rivalry. Yep. Suns Lions rivalry. rivalry. Yep. Sydney Essendon is that a rivalry? Nah, Sydney play the Giants. So, but obviously, no Sydney. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, what I'm saying, yeah, I guess. What about Adelaide Port? Adelaide yeah, Port? Adelaide Port's on that Saturday night, and then Richmond Melbourne as well. That's a decent yeah. little rivalry going on there. What about the Eagles? Are they playing Freo? Eagles play North. Ah, oh, okay. So it's not bad. Yeah. Um, but I am looking forward to I that like Carlton Collingwood game. It's it's unfortunate though that. I think Carlton are going to have a few outs. Um, I think obviously Sam Walsh is going to miss. Jack Silvani, Adam Chera might not be able to come in. And um, I wanted to see a full-strength Carlton team versus a full-strength Collingwood team. I always feel like they're great games to watch and it'll mm. be packed out, mate. There'll be 90,000 people there watching. Yeah, it's going to be huge. I'm looking forward to kicking back on the couch on Friday night and watching that one unfold because massive game at the MCG. So uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of fans there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, a couple more things about footy before we move on to we're going to actually do something new where we uh, where we pick a midfield. Um, I wanted to ask you, do you think Jamie Elliott is the most clutch player in the AFL? Yeah, say apparently. yep, yep. Give yourself as I'm talking right now. Give yourself a good 10, 15 seconds to think. You can put the ball wherever you want. Let's just say hypothetically, it's slight degree angle, not straight in front, forty five out. You can choose anyone you want in the AFL. Absolutely anybody you want. Is Jamie Elliott the first guy you're choosing? Yeah, probably. 
the current day for sure. The way that he's able to – well, these shots are pretty impossible angles really. Like when you look at him, he's kicking goals from – yeah, I'm going to say you'd probably kick him – me, I'd probably kick one out of ten from that position. <laughs> <laughs> So he's done it I'll twice. Probably, I, would, I wouldn't even make the distance. <laughs> he is, you know, I messaged you, didn't I? I messaged you during the third quarter saying Collingwood will win. Yep. Collingwood will win. And it's just they clearly have an inner belief that you watch from afar. And, and when Jamie Elliott took those grabs, I mean, his first goal, sorry, he's, it must have been his second goal of the quarter, the one where he took the mark on the boundary line and snapped it in. He didn't even really arc around that much. He literally just no. snapped it from the – pocket and it went – oh, mate, yeah. Just cross my mind. I, I think not only is the most clutch player right now, he's – yeah, probably – there's a lot of players that would be up there, but he – like Luke Shuey comes to mind with moments that he's had. But, yeah, he'd be right up there as one of the most clutch players in, in AFL history. His moments are just mm. incredible. So it's uh, it's a scary prospect to come against um, – to come against the uh, Collingwood uh, team and the uh, Jamie Elliott-led Collingwood side. Um, before we move on to the obviously this little segment, is there anything footy wise you want to talk about? I just had a little I had a little thought and a couple of things that I saw on the weekend. Uh, one was during the, during our game, and I feel like the umpires are we we love the umpires. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like I don't know if you think the same thing, but um, during like each week, I feel like they might have a different focus. Like going into games, like this week especially, I felt like watching a lot of footy over the weekend, they really let go the holding the balls. Like there was a few throws that were not awarded. Like it was like mm-hmm. the tackler has to actually really take him to ground to be rewarded for the, uh, holding the ball decision rather than a couple of weeks ago when we were trying to get rid of the, the you know, the sling tackle. Sling. I feel like they were calling it earlier. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I just It's just a thing that I saw on the weekend and, during our game, a couple of times, I was like, "How is that not? How's the whistle not gone there?" And they've just let it go, and he's got it out. And I probably wasn't saying it like this. I was blowing up on the bench <laughs> a couple of times, but that's why I'm laughing. Um, yeah, I don't know if you if you notice that as well. Like each week, I feel like they might have a different focus, and it might be just part of the way that they, you know, educate and coach their their umpires. But just something that I noticed, and I'm, I want to get your thoughts. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. I feel like there's always like two or three weeks where something is getting, I guess, more – well, more noticed, as you said, than what it might be in other weeks. And I agree with that. <clears throat> now, there was a couple plays where there was no free kick called and there was a blatant throw. What about the one where – was it Todd Marshall who threw it to – Yes. Running Perfect into open example. goal? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, obviously, obviously, as you said, we love the umpires and it's hard. It's a hard gig, one of the hardest in, in all – all sport, but there is some inconsistencies. I agree, and it must be focuses going in to to so, yeah. games and weeks. In that situation, right? The so I think this should be a thing in the game. So you know how in cricket they have the, uh, the third others. umpire, so they can yeah. send it send it upstairs or whatever. I think there should be like a captain's challenge because in that situation, Collingwood players around the vicinity of the ball knew that he threw the ball, so the ball goes through for a goal. They know that it, he's thrown the ball, so someone should be able to put their hand up, go up to the umpire, yeah. and be like, "Captain's challenge. I want to have a look at that tape because that should be a throw. That free kick should be reversed, and then 
no score and the ball should yeah. they should get possession. I mean, I don't, I don't mind it. It obviously would be hard to just stop the game, but I think I think if it's a blatant free kick that turns into a goal, a score. Yeah, that's what I yeah, mean. A yeah, a score. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So if it's in the middle of the ground, someone throws it. You can't not nah, stuff that. Oh, nah. Throw the captain's challenge. Yeah, no, nah, nah. nah, mate. You know what? Wouldn't be surprised if it's in the in the game within five to ten years. Something's always new popping up. But no, I, I especially considering how close that game was. I mean, Port could have won the game. Yeah, and yeah. you know, take away that goal. Obviously, they then lose by a little bit more. So, no, nah, I, I agree. I agree. It'd be pretty cool. Captain Challenge. On the weekend, we had one where um, someone tackled Grian Myers in our forward 50, and I think he – it was a throw. Anyway, they got the ball, and they went up the other end and scored. This was in the last quarter, I'm fairly sure. So yep. they've scored. We should be able to challenge that decision, and then if we win that decision, we get a set shot because that's where the free kick should have been paid. Yeah, I don't mind it. Maybe you need to get on the phone to – the hierarchy and uh, hopefully they listen to the potty and they um, can let us know. That'd be nice. But uh, no, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Just just a Hold thought on. anyway. Just wanted to throw a spanner in the works. Well, we'll move on to what I'm really excited about. I don't know how excited you are, but I'm very excited about this. So this is <laughs> SEN. So they obviously did a – they sent out a couple like, Instagram posts of, you know, you know how you do those things where you, you pick your best midfield defenders, forwards, et cetera, et cetera. Essentially what it is is there's five columns, five players, so 30 players. You've got 12 bucks, top columns worth five, four, three, two, one. And then you've got to spend 12 bucks and you're going to choose four midfielders. I'm not in this, which is great. You're in it. So I'm excited to see you firstly if you pick yourself. But I want to see your midfield versus my midfield and our fans can uh, let us know who wins. Um, as I've been talking, I've roughly done mine. So do you want me to do mine first? Yeah, you go first. Yep. Okay. A little bit of an explanation too for each pick would be nice. I like that. So my first pick is going to be three bucks, Jordan Ngoi, which at Geordie's best, which we are seeing, he has to be a five bucker. So yep. right now I'm getting value. I'm getting absolute value with $3, Geordie Ngoi, because this guy is my favorite player in the competition and – I want to have him in my team, and coincidentally, he's my best mate. I'm going to choose Josh Dunkley, number two. <laughs> Geordie can do the outside stuff. You can win the inside hard ball. You're as good as anyone in the competition at it. Your desperation acts will make Geordie look good offensively, so I've spent five bucks there. I did uh, biasly think as well, Bonty's obviously one of the best players in the game as well, probably the best player with what he can do. So I'm going to go and choose Bont because that has now made – Three, two, five, plus five, ten. So I've spent ten bucks. So I've got two dollars left. Uh, looking at this right now, I'm actually going to go because I don't have to actually spend twelve bucks. Do I? Do I have to spend twelve bucks? Can I spend eleven? No, you can spend eleven. Yeah, I'm going to go Josh Kelly for one dollar. So there you go. I've spent eleven bucks. My starting four is Marcus Bontempelli, Jordan Ngoi, Josh Dunkley. And Josh Kelly at 11 bucks. I feel like they all complement each other extremely well. All right, my turn. I've had a bit of a think. Uh, I'll start at the top. I'm going to start with Nick Dacos. He's going to be one of mine. And then well my second one is going to be Lockie Neal. And then Ooh, so you spent nine bucks on your first two picks? Spent, yep, spent nine bucks. Happy with that. And then um, I'm going Tom Green to be Ooh. my $2 pick. 
So he's the inside beast. You know, Lockie can do that too, but he can get on the outside and, you know, loves ground balls and stuff like that. And Dakes is the real finish polisher. Oh, the class. But then yep. I'm gonna go I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Josh Kelly as well as a one dollar. That's twelve bucks. So smooth mover, covers the ground really well. So I feel like all those guys, that's a pretty, pretty decent midfield that I've picked right there. Yeah, no, it is. It's good. I'm, I'm, I'm keen to see what our listeners think. They were judging us last week on our pizza, steak, and French fries. So I'm, uh, I'm keen to see what they think with this midfield. We'll have a vote. I'll put up a, I'll put up a poll like I've put up a poll tonight about the, uh, the great debate in Google Maps v Apple Maps, and I'm gonna release the results right here, right now. How do you think <laughs> they've gone? Well, when you first put them up, I jumped straight away onto obviously <laughs> what I think. I heard that uh, from a good source in your house at the moment that just might have come down from Queensland that you sent a few texts out to tell a few people to make sure they vote for Apple Maps. No, I didn't do that. I would never do that. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. But um, I'm going to say Google Maps wins, but I don't care. It doesn't change my mind. Apple Maps right. is the way on, to go. On 936 votes, Apple Maps, which is pretty good from a votes perspective. Uh and then on 1,246 votes is Google Maps and <laughs> other is 92. So I've clearly me. dominated you there. Absolutely yeah. dominated you. Oh, well, interesting. Hopefully I can win the midfield battle. And you know what? For 10 cents, because I've got a dollar left, I'll squeeze myself on, on the bench. Yeah, you might as well. Get in there. Get in there. <laughs> I can't believe you're not in that, to be honest. Next week we'll do some uh, defenders and forwards, but um, make sure you vote. You're gonna, you know what? I'll put a vote up as well, but I want to see what people think. Uh, that was exciting to do. Now, our favorite segment before we finish, I've got two again, start, bench, cut. Jeez, we're getting some great feedback from this. Quite often gets yeah. spoken about. And uh, I think I think also people went with steak over over my pizza. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they just loves you more, mate. They just love you more. Mate, steak is way better than pizza. You can put steak on pizza, but True. steak is so much better than pizza. Yeah, nah, not for me. I'd rather pizza. So I've got two, all right? Okay, so it's from Will underscore Warren underscore eight. KFC Maccas or Hungry Jacks? Oh. <laughs> All right. I'm going to start Maccas. Yep. I'm going to bench KFC and cut Hungry Jacks. Okay. I'm going to start KFC. I'm going to start KFC. I'm going to bench Hungry Jacks and I'm going to cut oh. Maccas. No way. Why? Tell me why Maccas is better than Hungry Jacks. It's better than Hungry Jacks at least because no, Maccas, it's not. Yeah, yeah. I, I I can't remember the the time that I've had good Hungry Jacks. <laughs> I'll tell you why I love the Hungry Jacks. I know right now Brado's going to be laughing his head off because he was laughing at my double fries last week. <laughs> Mate, the double whopper there with cheese is. If we're going to do a burger list of tiers, tier one all the way through to whatever tier you want, the Double Whopper is number one. And that's the sole reason why Hungry Jacks gets over the line for me. We all know you're a little bit left field, so we'll just give this one to you. I reckon we'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll move on. Well, I can't wait to see what everyone says because I know we're going to do a weekly food food start bench cut. Um, I can't wait to see. And this one's a good one, actually. It's an NBA one. So these are all in their prime, right? All in their prime. And I know yep. you know what my answer is going to be. So it's from Lenny underscore SPR14. All in their prime, 
Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, James Harden. So they've all won an MVP. KD's won a championship, all three or two. Scoring titles each. Westbrook averaged triple-double. Harden averaged triple-double, like all superstars. Who's your start bench cut? Mine would be – start would be KD. Come on. And I reckon – Me too. I reckon – I reckon we'll differ on the next one, maybe. But my bench will be uh, Russell Westbrook and my cut will be James Harden. Nah, oh man, I'm disappointed because I wanted to argue with you. But no, I, I totally agree with you. I totally Mate, agree. Russell Westbrook, this is, I, I, I can't cop the – like I get the criticism exactly. because he's probably not as good as what he used to be. But, mate, he was unbelievable. I just remember watching games of him. Like no one could stop him physically. No. Like, he was a beast. And the best thing about him is from the minute from the very first tip tip off to the very last shot, he didn't change his intensity. Regardless of how they were going, whether they were winning or losing, he didn't change his intensity. Mm. He was the same throughout. Is the most impressive thing because I've seen, you've seen KD and you've definitely seen James Harden kind of not give up, but they've just kind of like, uh, we're not going to win, so – go through the motions a bit. He never did. And the fact that he cops so much criticism yeah. just blows my mind. He averaged, I think, three triple-doubles for a year, which we'd never seen before prior to obviously one person. So I thought that was a good one. Um, and obviously KD being number one was an obvious one for both of us. Yeah. I, I, my first ever NBA game that I went and watched was when KD and, and Westbrook were playing together at OKC. We went over there for level two AIS AFL Academy at the time and – I was level one maybe, might have been under 17s and yeah, we went over to the States and watched the game and that was the first game I've ever watched and I was just like, these two blokes, unbelievable. Yep, and it's crazy to actually think that they all played together and that they potentially could have been probably the three, or they could have led Oklahoma to some championship rings and been, yeah, one of the greatest sides of all time. But mate, you know what happens, money... uh, money obviously plays a big part in a lot of things. Speaking of money, before we finish, did you see Mbappe today? Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> Mate, it was like 770 something million dollars for the one season. Was that it? No, it was 1.14 billion or something. It wasn't million, it was billion. He was earning 58.33 million per month, which is 1.9 million euros a day, which is <laughs> 79,900 euros an hour, <laughs> which is. 1,332 euros a minute and 22 euros per second. <laughs> 22 euros to AED. So right there, I've so he's earning $40. He's earning $36 a second. <laughs> that is just unbelievable, mate. That is incredible. And I've seen something where it said it would have been more than LeBron James' career earnings, just the one yeah. season, which is just, there wow. Was a, there was a few um, NBA players that came out, like uh, Dame Time, I've seen. Giannis, and I think LeBron tweeted something too, and they were all like, how ridiculous is this? Get Mate, on the phone to me now and I'll be over there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the Barley Geckos or something, one of those footy clubs that plays over international. That, that was the first team that came to my mind. They come to you right now, Joshy, and they say, we'll pay you this. Are you going? Oh, it'd be hard <laughs> not to. $730 million or whatever it is, which is well, $1.14 billion 
Australian dollars, which has just been incredible. It'd be interesting to see if he goes. I mean, not that he has an issue with uh, career earnings, but um, yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. But um, no, nah, another good episode, mate. See if there's anything else you want to talk about. No, nah, mate. No, nah, it was good. It was nice to uh, see you again. Haven't spoken much over the last week, so good to uh, good to chat and good to see you. But as always, um, thanks to our supporters and our fans out there for tuning in for another episode of the uh, the Ads and Dunks podcast, exclusively brought to you by the Oz American Aces. Don't forget, I think we've still got a few uh, of the apparel out there, so get onto that and the the one thousand five star ratings. Make sure you get onto that too. So. Um, Thanks, Adzi. It's been another good one, mate, and uh, all the best this week. Thanks, mate. All the best.